Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of the Commander Quest podcast. Today we are going to be continuing the Commander Quest with a Hirobi deck, with a Hirobi targeting creatures deck, and a Corlash Swamp Tribal deck. If you do not know already, the Commander Quest is my eventual goal in building all of these decks. I am trying to make decks with all the cards in Magic and no overlap. Just a few things before I begin. So, first of all, I will be instituting, well, I have actually had it for a while, I just didn't um, actually say anything about it in the podcast. I will now have a link to the in the description to a place where you can submit voice messages. Basically, I can just include that in my podcast. Uh, second thing is jumpstart spoilers are beginning for Magic News. Is you have two 20 card booster packs. You shuffle them together and you play with those in a similar way to a draft. It will release on July 17th. It will be on Arena. And the spoilers are beginning. I will leave links in the, or a link in the description. Well, no, actually two links in the description of where you can find those spoilers. One of which is just the cards uncategorized. The other one is the deck lists for each of the packs. If you do not know, there are 121 variations of what the packs can be. It is pre-selected what will be in each pack, and you get a random one out of the 121 cards. All the packs will be one of those 121 packs with no variation. Uh, I found a pre-order for $100 for 24 packs. So I'm thinking $5 to $7 most likely per pack if you are to buy them individually, which isn't too bad considering you only need two for a draft, so it could be similarly priced to a draft. So, beyond that, for the variations of the packs, one in three boosters include an extra rare. So, basically how that works is there are three variations of a booster. Some of them have one rare, some of them have two rares, and some of them have one mythic. Of those 121, it could be any of those. Uh, It just depends. So, that is fine. I couldn't find a breakdown of the other rarity distribution for commons and uncommons. But there are also going to be uh, 5 to 7 lands with some outliers in the packs. So you can shuffle it together without ha- and play without having to add lands. Now, I found this to be quite strange because it's an incredibly small amount of lands. I don't know why it's not more. Uh, having a total of 10 to 14 lands in a 40 card deck is ridiculous. And I'm thinking it's possible you have to add lands, but if you were to add lands, they wouldn't include five to seven lands in the packs, and they wouldn't include, and of those lands, most of them wouldn't be basics. So 
It seems quite strange. Uh, the second possibility is maybe you're able to make cuts. Um, again, some of these things are not completely clear as the set has not been released yet. But if you are able to do that and go down to like a 30 card deck or something, that is also quite strange. Because the entire point is just to skip the deck building, to just shuffle it together. So, I'm not sure. Um, it will be on Arena. It is rumored that it will be a different, a different process. It will work differently on Arena. Alright, so... Of those variations, there are rare, uncommon, and common uh, different, or sorry, mythic, rare, and common uh, packs. So, themes, rather. So, for those, the way it works is for common themes, there will be four of the 121 variations that will fit with that theme. So you will be much, much more likely to get it than you would a uncommon or a rare. Or maybe it's a mythic rare. I'm not sure. Uh, for the uncommon ones, uh, there will be two. So again, more likely, but not that likely. And for the rare, or maybe it's mythic rare, there will be um, one. Now, I'm not sure about three that would explain how it would work that, that there would also be a mythic, a, a rare and a mythic rare. But uh, my source said nothing about that, so I'm going to say maybe it works like that, maybe it doesn't. Okay, so there can be variations of the themes. There will be almost 500 reprints. Um, the exact number has not been released yet, but there will be a large, large number of reprints, and there will be 37 new cards. So, of course, that means that there will be overlap in the packs, which, of course, makes sense. And the rules for the exact format are sort of shaky, but we can easily, pretty easily figure it out. My best guess is you get two packs, shuffle them together, that's obvious, and you make no changes. Make no changes is not necessarily correct, but I think it is the most likely um, option. Uh, the estimated price, uh, I already said, it's probably going to be roughly 5 to $7, but who knows, prices might go higher. I just found my source... Uh, I found a pre-order of a box for $100 for 24 packs. Okay. Um, beyond that, there are 46 themes uh, for those 121 variations. That means that there is a lot of overlap. And there are two layers. So this is really strange and... I'm kind of torn because it is very wasteful and yet also very useful. So, the two layers that I'm talking about are on the booster pack. Imagine a booster pack within a booster pack. The first layer is just Jumpstart. There's no evidence of what theme it is. 
The second layer, you are not to the cards yet, but you are to a thing where it'll tell you what theme it is. This way, it can be easier to transaction with friends so that you can get the get nice themes, things like that. But it seems quite strange. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But, I mean, I guess sometimes packaging has to be used. I just wish there were some more elegant way to do it. And third is, it is the six-month anniversary. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't have anything special. It's just the six-month anniversary. There's not really anything, anything notable, uh, in this episode in relation to that, sadly. I just, literally, I just forgot, um, until the very end of the week because I was working on the bonus episode of the set review so I was just really busy and I didn't really have time to set up anything special but I mean I don't know okay second uh it is time to get into the card of the week so the card of the week is where I analyze a card using EDH rec data and this week I am analyzing bereavement one in a black for an enchantment. Whenever, an, a, whenever a green creature is put into a graveyard from play, its controller discards a card from his or her hand. So, what we are doing is we are analyzing the number of green creatures our opponents are likely to have. All in total. So, it's fine. So... While it is more complicated than that, because you don't necessarily know if you're going to be able to get rid of it, and because it depends on the benefits you can get from opponents discarding cards, um, how good this card is, uh, it is a little bit more complicated than that, but this should give you a good baseline of what to expect when putting it into your deck. Most of the other statistics and uh, relevant things will be pretty simple. They will be able to, you will be able to look at your deck and figure out how likely you are to be able to get rid of the creature and how likely you are to be able to benefit off of that discard. All right, so real quick, turn two, there's about a 40% chance you'll get one. So eh, you're probably not going to. You might if you get lucky, but probably not. Turn three, we get to the point where we're almost definitely going to get one, but almost definitely not going to get two. Turn four, we're probably going to get one or two. Turn five, two or three. Turn six, two, three, four. Turn seven, three, four, five. So you can see, usually over the course of the game, we might end up with four, maybe five if we're lucky, uh, green creatures that our opponents will have, and hopefully we can get rid of them. Yes, technically, through mail, it will work, um, but the numbers drastically change and it is very hard to calculate. But yes, I do think this would be very effective in a mill deck. 
All right, it is time to get into the decks. All right, so real quick, I'm going to explain the commander quest. So the commander quest is my eventual goal in building all these decks. So I'm building like roughly 300 decks with no overlap in cards. So eventually I will have built decks with every single card in Magic that is legal in Commander. That is my eventual goal. That is what I'm working on. And that is what these decks are a part of. So if you're like, why isn't this card in there? It's because it's really limited. And I'm trying to balance these for this scenario. I'm not balancing them for play. I do when that's possible. And I do want them to be as close as possible to playable. But I'm trying to make all of these decks that. And that's really difficult. So it's not any type of competitive deck. So to start off, I'm going to go over Hurlby deck. Uh, you may notice that both of these decks are mono black, which will be great to help fix my color imbalance. So let's start off with it. Hirobi Death's, Death's Whale is two black black for a 4-4 with flying. Whenever a creature becomes the target of a spell or ability, destroy that creature. So basically we are having tons and tons of cards that will target creatures. Sometimes multiple, sometimes they're just cheap. So, that's literally the idea of the deck. Uh, that plus some value and some uh, things that help us benefit off of it and win cons. Alright, so first, uh, first category, we're just going to start with target. Now, there isn't really too much notable. Uh, there's... There's a couple different categories of relevant cards. So the first is an artifact that you can use over and over and over for a mana cost or a tap cost to uh, target a creature. That will get rid of it with Hirobi. For example, Baton of Morale. Baton of Morale is two for an artifact. Two, target creature gains banding until end of turn. AKA two, destroy target creature. N another category is blood curling scream. That is X and a black for a sorcery. Any one creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. This is an example of instance or sorceries that let you pay a cheap mana cost and target a creature. That way I can easily get rid of creatures for a very low cost. Other than that, uh, there are cards that will that fit into those categories that will target multiple things, such as Cauldron of Souls. Five for an artifact. Choose any number of target creatures. Each of those creatures gains persist and until end of turn. The way that this stacks, the creatures will get destroyed before they will gain persist. You can just tap it to destroy any number of creatures. That is crazy. Now, just about everything fits within those categories. Of course, there are some outliers, but most of the time, that is the idea.
All right, next category. So we're constantly destroying our creatures, and it's going to be extremely difficult for our opponents to win. So how are we going to win? So one thing we can do, well, there's a couple of things we can do. First, we can use our very small value category to gain some value to help us stay more, more ahead than we would be anyways. For example, Bereavement, which was the card of the week, is in here. Uh, there is also Endless Whispers, which is two black black. Each creature has when this creature is put into a graveyard from play. Choose target opponent. That player puts this creature card from that graveyard into play under his or her control at the at end of turn. This can just protect Hirobi, so Hirobi cannot die. Uh, it just gets passed around, which really doesn't matter. Uh, and it can make it so that your opponent's creatures don't die, but they you can just kill them over and over again whenever your opponents want to attack. Doesn't really matter if they're just passing it around. And maybe if you're lucky, they'll pass it to you. You can make a deal with them. Say, if you send it to me, I won't attack you, for example. So that can be a great way to get value. And another one is Sangromancer. Two black black for three three with flying. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may gain three life. And whenever an opponent discards a card, you may gain three life. Being able to gain three life for every creature we kill is awesome because we're just killing so, so many creatures. We are just constantly killing every single creature an opponent puts out. That will add up so, so quickly. Alright, next up is win cons. So, the win cons, because of these limitations, it can be difficult to have good win cons. But, we did splurge a little bit. Alright, uh, one example is Consume Spirit. X, one, black. Spend only black man on X. Consume Spirit. Deals X damage to target creature or player, and you gain X life. Crypt Rats, two and a black. X. Crypt Rats deals X damage to each creature and each player. Split, spend only black mana on X. So that fairly well uh, shows one category, which is X damage. I did go for some of the jankier versions of these, but there are multiple cards with that. Another example is Faded Return, another category. Uh, four black, black, black for an instant. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under control. It gains indestructible. If it's your turn, scry two. That is an example of a, uh, sorry, a recursion win con. That can work quite well. Uh, another one would be Dinga Staff four for an artifact. Whenever a creature is put into any graveyard from play, Dinga Staff deals two damage to that creature's controller. That can slowly kill our opponents while they are trying to get back. Uh, Price of Knowledge, 6 and a black from enchantment. Players have no max hand size. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, Price of Knowledge deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in that player's hand. And for the last of um, things of win cons that don't fit into categories, we have Revel in Riches, which is 4 and a black from enchantment. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, create a treasure token. With tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. 
and at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more treasures, you win the game. It can be relative, it can be pretty easy to get those tr treasures, unless you play this super late game when there's no creatures out. It, your opponents just might not play creatures. Alright, as of the lands, uh, there are 37 lands, and there are a lot of lands that will target creatures. I'm not going to be reading them because they're pretty redundant. They can usually repeatedly tap uh, target creatures for a mana cost. Alright, that is that deck. Uh, it, it was a pretty straightforward deck, but let's get into the next one. So, this one is also quite straightforward. This is Corlash Swamp Tribal. Corlash, heir to black blade, is two black black for an XX. Corlash, heir to black blades, power and toughness are each equal to the number of swamps you control. And it has one and a black for generate Corlash. Grandeur, discard another card named Corlash. Search your library for up to two swamp cards, put them into play tapped, then shuffle your library. Sadly, there is no effective way to use the grandeur ability, but that's okay, we can take advantage of the other one. So, the idea of this deck is to, first of all, get as many swamps out as possible. Second of all, we want to take advantage of them. We have tons and tons of cards that take advantage of us having many, many swamps, including but not limited to, first of all, cards that just say, this is, do this for the number of swamps you control. Uh, there's cards that give you mana for the swamps you control, deal damage, whatever it might be. There are cards that pump Corlash more for the number of swamps. Um, and there are cards that have triple or quadruple black in their costs and just wouldn't really be reliable play reliably playable anywhere else so to start off we have examples of ways to grab swamps uh well one example could be liliana of the dark realms two black black for a three loyalty planeswalker liliana plus one search your library for a swamp card reveal it and put it into your hand then shuffle your library Great, you can just grab swamps. Negative three, target creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X or negative X, negative X until end of turn, where X is the number of swamps you control. This can also be a great way to benefit off of having a lot of swamps. And negative six, you get an emblem with swamps you control, have tap, add black, 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 black to your mana pool. So you get quadruple the mana. Um, beyond that, beyond that, there are a lot of other different cards that will allow you to, uh, to get more swamps out, such as Walking Atlas. Two, for a creature, Construct, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So, beyond that, there's relatively not too many. Uh, there are some, but it can be difficult to get ramp, and swamp-specific ramp is pretty uncommon. 
and still often playable. Uh, so I would have already used it or would want to save it. Alright, uh, real quick, gonna touch on the lands. Uh, we have Cabal Coffers, which is a land and it has two tap add black to your mana pool for each swamp you control. This can be an amazing way to get an incredible amount of mana. Cabal Stronghold is similar. It, it is a land and it says tap add colorless or three tap add black for each basic swamp you control. Uh, it being basic swamp is not relevant. It's saying basic swamp is not relevant in this scenario. So that is again quite amazing. Yes, it does cost one more, but it is still very, very good. Next is Castle Lockthwain. Castle Lockthwain is a land and it enters tapped unless you control a swamp. We of course will. And it ha and it says tap add black. One black black tap, draw a card. Then you lose life equal to the number of cards in your hand. You may have some cards in your hand, but you're probably not going to have too many. Alright, next up we have cards that take advantage of having black or having devotion to black or something similar to that. So, one example could be removal. Defile. Black, for an instant. Target creature gets negative one, negative one until end of turn for each swamp you control. There's also Mutilate, which is two black black, and all creatures get negative one, negative one until end of swamp for each, until end of turn for each swamp you control. That type of card is repeated many, many times, and it can be a very effective way to get rid of creatures. Another example is Mana Advantage. There are a lot of cards that double the mana you can get from your swamps. For example, Bubbling Muck. Black for sorcery. Until end of turn. Whenever a player taps a swamp for mana, it produces an additional black. Lilian of the Dark Realms, which I read earlier, has the ultimate to make our, our swamps tap for four black. Crypt Ghast is three and a black for two two with extort. And whenever you tap a swamp for mana, add black to your mana pool. This is just a very commonly repeated theme that will allow us to consistently make a lot, a lot of uh, mana, which can help with some of the X spells we have. Uh, for example, Empty the Pits, XX, black, 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 black. This is an example of something with quadruple black. Uh, for an instant, put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped. It is a good way to make a, well, it's an okay way to make a lot of zombies. Plus, we can exile cards in our graveyard to make it much, much cheaper. Uh, next up are cards that pump Corlash. So, basically, these are things that pump up Corlash for the number of swamps we control. For example, Lash Rife. Four for an artifact, equipment, living weapon. When it enters the battlefield, put a 0-0 black germ creature token onto the battlefield, then attach this to it. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each swamp you control. And it has equipped Phyrexian black, Phyrexian black. So you can either play 
black black or for life or black and two life. Uh, for each of those symbols, you can pay either black or two life. There are lots of other similar things that pump up our creatures for each swamp we control, and it can be incredibly powerful in going in for the kill with Corlash. It can help us win the game much, much more efficiently than if we were to not have that. Beyond that, uh, there are just some other cards that take advantage of swamps in different ways. There are some cards that also have power equal to the number of swamps in play. There are some cards that just have a lot of black. And there are some cards that take advantage of swamps in many, many other ways. Another Another thing that they will take advantage of is devotion. For example, Marshmist Titan. Six and a black for a four-five giant. Marshmist Titan costs X less to cast, where X is your devotion to black. Uh, this is similar to Drag to the Underworld. Two black black for an instant. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is your devotion to black. There are tons and tons of cards that take advantage of our devotion to the darkness. And black loves focusing on itself. So it's an effective deck. And a great chunk of cards to get out of the way. Alright, it is time to get into the collection statistics. Uh, so far we have gotten 2,716 cards done. Uh, that is 2,710 total unique cards because of seven dwarves. Um, that is good. So far, we have gotten 2,710, really, because those extra six from seven dwarves don't really count. So, that means we're like an eighth through, roughly, so that's not too bad. Uh, we are continuing to make progress. Alright, uh, price, we have $4,606. Um, for some reason I closed one of the decks, but fairly certain that today I spent probably about $300, which is kind of a lot. So yeah, today I did go a little bit expensive, but that's okay. Alright, so... In terms of color distribution, this is so, so much better than it was before. Green has 373, red has 497, black has 339, and blue has 406. This is so, so much better than before. Black is behind by 60, uh, green is behind by like 30, and red is above ahead by like a hundred but other than that we are fairly rounded it is much much better than before even if it isn't that great so still in terms of colorless we have too much 525 and multicolor we have too little 194 um but it is so so much better than it was before in terms of type distribution, we have 1,509 creatures, we have 304 sorceries, 413 artifacts, we have 25 planeswalkers, 102 lands, 
266 enchantments, we have 5 tribal cards and 248 instants. Um, that is pretty good uh, type distribution. In terms of lands, we're a little bit low. Um, but in terms of creatures, we're pretty good. Uh, depends on the thing, but overall we're doing pretty good. In terms of rarity distribution, we have 1,028 commons, 832 uncommons, 740 rares. So, uh, in actual, in the total of magic, there are roughly the same number of commons, uncommons, and rares, uh, slightly decreasing in a similar way here, although ours is a little bit more drastic, and there is roughly one-eighth of that amount of mythics. So, overall, still ahead of the curve on rarity, but not as much as I would like to be. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed for more. Like or rate uh, my podcast depending on which platform you are on. Comment or write a review, again, depending on which platform you are on. Hit the notification bell if you are on YouTube and share it with your friends. Uh, in order to contact me, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, mainly, you can do it through email, uh, which is griffindoe at gmail.com, link in the description, of course, uh, or through my Discord server, link in the description. You can PM me, or you can just at me in the server. Um, you can also, if you really want, you can comment. I will probably respond, but that's a really weird way of, do of contacting me. Also, that only works on YouTube. Not sure why you would do that, but if you really want to, uh, you can send me a voice message, uh, which there will be, again, a link in the description, and I can include this message in my podcast. Uh, I'm sure that I will, if it is a good question, I will probably add a listener question segment if I get a reasonable amount of questions. Next, uh, deck links will be included for whatever decks, if I even talked about a deck this episode, I almost definitely did, uh, they will be included in the description. Uh, you can look at other decks I've built for the Commander Quest on my Commander Quest Architect, link in the description, or at Commander Quest. You can look at decks I've built for other reasons on my personal deck, Architect. Jank underscore garbage. I did change my name, so old links might not be relevant, might not work anymore, but it should, it should still work with the one in the description. Uh, you can view this podcast on either YouTube or most podcast platforms, whichever you prefer. Uh, if you want to find my podcast on another platform, you can go to my website, link in the description, and there will be links within that. And, for the last time, there are links to all of those things I just talked about within the description, and a hypergeometric distribution calculator, which is a way that I can help calculate uh, for card of the week. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.